You're listening to Radio Diaries. This is Joe. And I'm excited to tell you about the newest show in the Radiotopia family. It's called The Recipe with Kenji and Deb. I'm sure a lot of you listen to podcasts while cooking. Well, The Recipe is the podcast that will teach you how to be a better cook with tips from two seasoned pros, pun intended. Hosted by Kenji Lopez-Alt of The Walk and Deb Perlman of Smitten Kitchen, The Recipe not only lets you learn new recipes, but also teaches you techniques and secret ingredients that'll up your cooking from just okay to restaurant quality. So welcome them to the Radiotopia family. Find The Recipe with Kenji and Deb right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Radio Diaries is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Radiotopia. From PRX. From PRX's Radiotopia, this is Radio Diaries. I'm Joe Richman. On Valentine's Day three years ago, Peter Fodera's heart broke. I mean, it stopped working. Fodera was 72, a big man with a big smile and a big belly. You wouldn't look at him and think, dance teacher. But on that Valentine's Day, he was DJing and teaching a class. He had just started playing this song by Gotan Project when he collapsed to the ground and the music stopped. I was in the class that day. It took a while for all of us to realize what was happening. Someone started doing CPR. Someone else called an ambulance. The EMTs came, but through it all, Peter wasn't moving. As they rushed him to the hospital, still without a pulse, many of us assumed we had just witnessed the death of our favorite teacher. And in clinical terms, he did die. But later in the hospital, they got Peter's heart beating again. For the anniversary of his brush with death, I asked Peter Federa to record a conversation with his 39-year-old daughter, Juliana. She has Noonan syndrome, a rare genetic disorder. While Peter's experience may seem miraculous to some of us, it doesn't to Juliana. By her count, she's died 21 times. On today's show, Living with Dying. So on February 14th, Valentine's Day, teaching in the East Village, during the middle of the class, I just hit the floor. Did you feel weird that morning at all? No, no signs. In good health for somebody my age. I was kind of surprised when I went down. <laughs> and I don't really remember much more. I just knew I was going down. At the moment that that happened, they said that I officially died. I was really scared when I got the call. And I remember having this moment and go, what if this is it? Like, what if dad's gone? 
And I tried not to go to that place because I didn't want to be morose. But there was that other part of me that's like reality. You kind of know the stats that go hand in hand with this kind of a health crisis. Well, I've been told that only 5% of people that um, have this cardiac arrest, it's a double cardiac arrest, only 5% survive. I mean, seeing you on the vent, seeing you helpless was painful. And I remember when you were starting to come back and we had that moment in the hospital room and, and no one else was in the room and you looked at me like a little kid, like you, you did something wrong and you went, what happened? And I said, dad, you had cardiac arrest and you died. And you went, no. And I said, you were in the middle of teaching a five rhythms class. I, no. And I said, dad, it was on Valentine's day. Oh no. And, and it was like, it was like, oh God. I mean, it's so hard to comprehend that. You must feel that way. I think for me, my point of reference to death is very different than a lot of people my age uh, because death has always been an integral part of my life. It's always been a possibility. You know, you died as soon as you were born, which doesn't happen <laughs> to that many people, but... The doctor came out after you were born and there were no signs that there was going to be a difficult birth. And he said to me, I've never seen a baby fight so hard to survive. So clearly you were not interested in dying at that point. They said that they revived you at least five times. Shall we keep working with her? And we were like, yes, yes, of course. Do whatever, you know, she's here. She's here for a reason. And then, from what I've been told, it was several more times that week that I was resuscitated. It was really touch and go the first week. Yeah. And I remember I was 13, and it was when I had one of the really major abscesses in my kidney. And the doctor saying, Juliana, we don't know how much time you have with this kidney, let alone we don't know how much time you have left. It could be six weeks. It could be six months. We're not sure how old you'll make it to. You know, when you're told there's a 50% chance you're going to wake up. Are you kidding me? There's so much shit I've not done yet. There's so much trouble I haven't gotten into. And it's like, ugh. All the times that this happened for you, do you, I remember playing with you before you going through some of your most serious uh, surgeries and, and saying, uh, you know, like photographing you and, and saying, okay, give me cheesecake. And, and yeah. you would do really funny stuff. Because it was, I didn't want you and mom to remember me in pain. Uh. And that was my goal. My goal was... You have to make this for as pleasant for them as possible because you may not wake up. Yeah. The, the thing, though, that, that really just floors me is that you always manage to not let the fear um, numb you. You know, like you didn't let it stop you. I mean, you're one of the happiest people that I know. <laughs> but at the same time, 
I know it's not easy to feel helpless. There's always this little bit of shame that comes up asking for help. And I have to remember, like, I've been hooked up to tubes. I've had 27 surgeries. I've died 21 times. This is not like I'm not trying here. You know, there's there's a lot of untapped wisdom in death that people don't understand. Yeah. But death wasn't uh, as, as I expected it would be, you know? It was a bit of a surprise. My concept of death was somehow a very dark place. And after having had this experience, um, somehow it's lightened up for me. Fear doesn't have the same hold over me that it did before. And that's a blessing. And how do you feel now? I feel great now. I, I actually, the last 10 months, have really been a happy time for me. And I feel somehow guilty saying this, but watching what's happening in the world with the pandemic, you know, you we don't expect to leave this party, but very often we just get taken away. We don't come back. So... Wow, I got to live another year. Not everybody gets to live another year. I do have a question. Um, I remember the moment after I got off the phone with the ER doctor, I said, oh crap, I think dad had a DNR. You didn't want tubes, you didn't want any of that. So I wanted to know, you know, if you forgave me for making the decision that I did, because I know you had said no a DNR. <laughs> like, but I'm I'm being I'm being for real that my question to you is that do you feel differently about having a DNR after all this has happened? <sighs> well, you know, that's a very complex uh question. Your mom had a terminal illness, so the idea of of having a a do not resuscitate made sense for her. I had no idea what was happening, and I am very grateful that nobody decided to follow that and and let me go down the rabbit hole. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm very glad to be back. So... I forgive you for that. Oh, good. I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) Peter Fodera and his daughter, Juliana. They interviewed each other at their home in Ridgefield, New York. Peter's near-death experience back in February 2020 was well-timed. One month later, New York City went into lockdown because of a mysterious new virus called COVID-19. Hospitals in the city became overwhelmed, and a grim new policy was handed down to paramedics and EMT workers. If a cardiac patient can't be resuscitated at the scene, if the pulse or breathing has not returned, the patient would not be brought to a hospital. It was New York City's own DNR order, and Peter Federa's heart 
would have stopped for good. Our story was produced by me with help from Nellie Gillis. Our editors are Deborah George and Ben Shapiro. The Radio Diaries team includes Micah Hazel, Elisa Scarce, and the newest addition to our team, Lena Engelstein. Music in today's episode is from Poddington Bear, Blue Dot Sessions, Man Man, and Gotan Project. Radio Diaries is a proud member of Radiotopia from PRX. You can listen to all the shows at radiotopia.fm. We have support from the National Endowment for the Arts, New York Council on the Arts, Department of Cultural Affairs, the Horace Goldsmith Foundation, and from listeners like you. I'm Joe Richman. Thanks for listening. Utopia. From P.